0: This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Hawkside Guns, and I am showing it with me as Jake. Hello. And uh, we've actually had quite a bit going on, at least firearms-wise, both in the industry and uh, with myself, and probably with Jake as well. Well,
1: I mean, the owner of the gun store was dumb enough to give me access to his ordering system.
0: (laughs) It's sort of like you don't give the drunks keys to the bar. You don't give gun guys keys to the ordering system.
1: Yeah, I've uh, unfortunately loaded up his wish list.
0: <laughs> okay, what'd you what'd you order? What'd you order?
1: Well, the only thing I managed to actually order, which is probably since I've been out of town all week last week, sitting there waiting for me to go pick up, is excuse me, a TriStar T100 handgun. Uh, if you look at it, you'll if you want to pull it up, you'll see uh, that it's a, a clone of a rather noticeable firearm.
0: Uh, let's see here. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> wow, man!
1: Now it is, now it is the smaller one. It's the 100 versus the 110, um, which means it's about the size of a Glock 19. But at the same time, yes, it is basically a baby Desert Eagle. God, what is it with you with
0: the freaking <laughs> Desert Eagles, man?
1: <laughs> well, this Had... one's really small. <laughs>
0: I mean it's not a fifty AE. Oh god. It is so, a nine it is it's a, a nine, nine millimeter note. with a four inch barrel, right? So it's reasonably small. Uh, well, as I said, it's about the size of a Glock nineteen. Yeah. Uh it does look a little Eagle S. Actually that's not true. It looks a ton Eagle, especially in the black version, which is like kind of the uh uh-huh. the the IWR IMI uh version. Um looks super yeah clony. um which i guess it's supposed to
1: well it's it's a, it basically it's a clone of that which is a clone of a CZ with a slightly different front end and barrel on it so for all intents and purposes when you bring come down to it it's a CZ75
0: <laughs> oh no uh yeah well i mean Looks like a canic Is it a Kanek? Uh, well,
1: no. Well, uh, canic is actually the ones who are importing um, uh, TriStar at the moment.
0: Okay, because I was gonna say I saw one like this that was in a canic box. Yeah, and, Can- had...
1: Can- and if you really want to get really technical, it's pronounced Janik.
0: I'm not, I'm too technical. Yeah, don't for care that. either. I still yeah, call yeah. it Kanek. Yeah, I still um, call it Kanek. You know, <laughs> uh, it's it's sort of like the whole GIF and JIF. Like, look, dude, it's a G. It's GIF. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I still pronounce it Kanic. I'm from Texas, uh,
1: but 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 yes, Kanic is the one importing Tristar at the moment.
0: Oh, right on. You know, Tristars have actually. It was weird because during the the whole gun shortage, they went up super high, and now they were kind of the first ones to come back down. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could get uh, all the Tristars for about pre-pandemic money now. Yes, I mean it's not it's not so bad.
1: And, and and as always, I'm lucky enough to be paying dealer cost for it.
0: Yeah, so it's even better for you. I, oh, uh, I forgot to ask, how is the nine millimeter where you are?
1: Um, you know, I haven't. It's coming back. Um, I haven't because I've been out of town for a week. Haven't had a chance to look at it. Um, it's been coming back to the small box gun store where I work. Uh, for. About $25 a box of 50. Uh, The last time I've been into Cabela's, they start having it again for, depending on whether or not it was aluminum or brass, somewhere between $15 and $18 for a box of 50.
0: Yeah, I've noticed, like, cutting off the Russians really hasn't done a whole lot yet, if it's going to. I'm not sure. Yet. Yeah. Um, cause it's, it's, I've, I went to a couple of stores around here and it's just, it's still in supply. I mean, they still got tons of it. And, and like you're saying, it's dependent on where you are. It's anywhere from about, at least here, it's anywhere from about 17, $18 to, you know, almost 30, depending on what you get and what kind it is. Yes. Um, but that is a world of difference away from there is isn't any. Oh hell yes! I mean, it's a uh, you can if you want nine millimeter right now as this is recorded in early September, you can find it pretty much anywhere. You're you're gonna pay more than you did for it, but yeah. you can find it. I mean, i I ordered
1: a case of uh, three hundred for something in the nature of about I think it was fifteen to twenty cents a round somewhere around that, like that. Oh, that's nature. not bad. But But it, it so yeah, it wasn't bad.
0: That's not that's not horrible. I, I went and uh, took the security nine because I couldn't stand it. I went and took the security nine uh, out to the ranch and ran two boxes through. That's all I was willing to do. I was I was like, okay, I'll do two boxes. That's forty dollars worth of nine millimeter. I'm gonna run that through, and honestly, it's kind of funny. It's shaped like a Glock it's the same size as a Glock, it measures all the same as a Glock, and strangely enough, it has about the same kick as a Glock. Um,
1: yeah, it's a,
0: it's a polymer... It's uh, a polymer... ...9mm pistol. You know, well, it's kind of hammer-fired, but it's... it's uh, okay, yes. Um, but it... Honestly, dude, it feels like a Glock, <laughs> which is great. I mean, it, it honestly, <laughs> I think it has a better trigger than a, a stock Glock, but... Um, I write your hate mail to the Hawkside Guns at Twitter. Um, but there, I, I I thought it shot great. I don't mind the the open U dot um sighting with it. Okay, uh, it, it's it, not my favorite. It's not bad. Uh, it shoots really well. But I ran two boxes through it, and I it was funny because I didn't feel like two boxes was too dear to me to run through the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very different than it would have been. I don't know. Eight months ago, true. Uh, but it behaved really well. I was like, "Man, I should, I should carry this."
1: <laughs> well, I also managed to come up with some just basic um, G ten scales for the uh, sick AXG versus the, uh, the the pretty wood ones, which I kind of, you know, put in a ziploc baggie and wrapped up all nice and special for when I want to show it off.
0: Honestly, I can understand that. I have a. Um set of grips for the beretta i have a quote unquote shooting set which are the grips that came with it the the black nylon ones and then i have a set that i use to show it off which are the simulated ivory ones and i mean it's you can fix it with a couple of screws. I mean, it's like, why exactly. wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't you do that? Like, if you want to display it or or maybe show it off like you're, you're saying or something, like well, yeah, put the good grips on it. You know, give it a tuxedo, t- you know, tails and, and a top hat. Uh, I don't have any problem with that. I think that's fine, especially for that gun. Be a shame not to shoot it. Oh,
1: it. It's just a damn it really shame. Is. It really is a dream
0: to shoot. <laughs> it really
1: is a dream to shoot.
0: Now, uh, comparing it to the PDP, thoughts?
1: Uh, actually, I haven't had a chance to shoot that one yet. What? No, it's, it's once again, work has been a little bit crazy. I am, Tuesday is my day to go out and do some shooting. It's the day in which I babysit equipment that doesn't need my help uh, 20 minutes away from me in outdoor shooting range. Right <laughs>
0: You know, I am very proud of myself. It has been almost, uh, let me make sure I say this correctly. Uh, let's see here. The last gun I bought was a Security s- to security 9, and that was on, as this is recorded, it has almost been a month since I have purchased a firearm. Uh, oh, no, it has been a month. It has been exactly a month since I have purchased a firearm. Um
1: the T 100 was kind of one of those things I've been looking at for a while. <laughs> um, You're the, like, the I other, failed. <laughs> the, yeah. The The other one I put on the wish list was a uh, uh, um, an HK P 30 SK, which is the only HK I've ever gotten rid of that I missed.
0: Um, Wait, you ordered. You lost another submarine? You. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> You ordered another H and
1: I I didn't order it. I put it on the wish list because out of the only, out of all the H and Ks that I've owned and not kept, that's the only one that I am actually sorry to have seen go. That's the only one that, after I saw it go, I went, I should have kept that one.
0: It's a neat gun. It's it a is. neat. It really is a neat gun. Um,
1: the other thing I put on there was, and this kind of will go into another conversation was. A CZ P10S, which is the subcompact version of it. However, CZ just put out a microcompact.
0: All right. Uh, now I'm going to be a bit of a stickler. How big is this microcompact? And what is it called?
1: Um, it, it is a little bit smaller than the the, the P10S, and it is actually the P10M for micro. <laughs> yes they were not creative well you know you don't really have to be and it and it is about a tenth of an inch thinner it is about a quarter of an inch shorter and a quarter of an inch um um uh well shorter i mean i was going to go for height and length but they're shorter both ways um so yeah it's about a quarter inch smaller than the p10s but here's the kicker, and here's the part that makes me look at them and go...
0: Dude, it's almost exactly the same size.
1: Well, no, no, it, here, but here's the point. Um, all the other micro-compacts that they're coming out with, no matter what size, no matter what they call them, are holding somewhere around 10 rounds. They're still small double stacks. The The new P10M is a single stack. It only holds seven rounds. So uh, what's the point?
0: Okay, okay. Um... I'm having a horrible time figuring out why CZ needed this. Uh,
1: like, well, I, the, they, I, my guess is that they were thinking of putting something out to compete with the micro compacts that are out there, saying that they had one now. But it's but it's they, the same
0: freaking. I mean, you you look at them, and I'm I'm at uh handgun hero right, which yeah. does some really great comparison things. It it, it it is a little bit smaller, not by much, like a quarter of an inch, man. Like yeah. like very very small difference, no pun intended. It, it, and at small the same, differences,
1: and for that small difference, you're giving up four
0: rounds. Four rounds, and it's the like because how a much P10S is a whole twelve? Right. How much is a P10S versus a a P10M?
1: Uh, the P10M is is um MSRP is four ninety nine. The P10S I think is something in the nature
0: of fifty bucks more. Oh, for crying out loud! Is it worth fifty dollars for four extra bullets? Yeah, it is. Yes. yes, yes, just all the way across the board. Yes. Um, no, like, no, like somebody should have just rolled up a newspaper and smacked him in the nose with it. It's like, no, the M is four ounces lighter. The barrel is virtually the same size. It's a little smaller. One's 3.5, one's 3.35. So the M is a little bit smaller. The width is one and a quarter on, on the S one inch on the M. The height is almost identical, four point six to four point two. And the length and, is almost identical, 6, six to six three.
1: And the and the height is, is where you're getting losing the rounds. So you're not even
0: like getting even, that much yeah. difference in um, and it's like, the, the P 10s can come with a ten plus one or a twelve plus one.
1: And, and and you're not giving up much in size for the 10 to 12. No. The 10 plus one is the one that's actually there for California, New Jersey, Maryland, Massachusetts, yeah, et cetera. I
0: just, I just don't like this. Is a, I don't understand. <laughs> why, why, why are you doing this? I mean, I guess, I mean, they're going with the micros because that's the buzzword, but it's the same gun with less ammunition. Effectively, it's the same gun with less ammunition
1: plus you're going back to they're going back to the single stacks. I I like it. It's stack. it's it's for but it's for all intents and purposes with the technology that's available today, a step backwards.
0: I would agree it's largely a step backwards. Um, I think that if you can do a reasonably thin double stack, uh, which is an inch and a quarter, um, you know, Security 9 is is much like that. The Ruger is one inch up, up on top of the slide, and the, the uh, handle, which is really its widest part, is one and a quarter. Or not mm-hmm. quite one and a quarter. And it's fine. You know, I, I don't feel cheated in any way. It doesn't feel like it's too big for, for anything, or just bulky, or, or anything like that. Um, why, I mean... Now, Shannon would disagree with me completely. Okay, Shannon says that... She prefers a single stack because she can't get her hand around most uh, double stacks. And I, I can understand that. Her hand is very small. But
1: they are making single stacks these days that, excuse me, double stacks these
0: days that you can get your hand around.
1: Yeah. And that's the kind of the point is if the technology is out there to make a double stack that you can get your hand around.
0: Sig and Walther come to mind immediately. Uh, as far uh, well, as double Sig stacks. Walther,
1: even, even as much as I don't personally like them, Springfield, uh, the, the Hellcat.
0: Yeah, that's true. I forgot about the Hellcat. No, you're right. Um, uh,
1: Hell, Taurus with the GX-4. Oh,
0: that's a neat gun, isn't it? Yeah. I, I like the, that. Uh, the,
1: they're still not where they should be as far as trigger pull. It's a very, very heavy trigger pull for what it is. Um, but that being said... For the dollar amount, you can't ask for anything better. Two
0: hundred eighty bucks is really good.
1: I mean, you're not you're not going to be expecting a six hour trigger for two hundred
0: eighty bucks. No, no, I just, I just, uh, it's just, it's a lot of gun for the money. It really is, but I. I just don't understand. I guess. I mean, I guess they're trying to go into the the quote unquote micro market, and really the the micro subcompact stuff really kind of annoys me anyway because it's just it's sort of like saying it's a large crossover, not a small SUV. <laughs> it's it's the same I, car, man. <laughs> but
1: I the the thing with concealable um, the hand. You, the market for right now is, and because it's the other thing that CZ released, what you're looking at is is smaller concealable handguns, and then you're looking at much, much larger competition-style guns. And yeah. and that's the other thing that CZ put out, was a large competition version of the P-10. Um so you, you, what you're not getting is, is that middle range as much anymore. You're not getting as many of the just standard compacts. It's the small concealable stuff and the really snazzy big competition target stuff.
0: I mean, and I guess that's speaking to what they're seeing people buy. I mean, if... if
1: Oh, well, without question.
0: I mean, if, if people are just like, no, I don't need a a uh, I need something I can conceal and carry, or... I'm taking this to the range and I want it to be accurate as hell. And there's nothing in the middle that people are doing both with. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see it. I mean, that's that makes a lot of sense. What doesn't make a lot of sense to me is having a perfectly serviceable, concealable weapon, stripping it of several rounds, calling it something else by shaving a quarter inch here and there, and charging basically the same thing for it, I, no, I mean. Uh, and, and
1: all it takes, even if you didn't want to go to a micro, because I will admit the P10S, I like, I can get my hand around that. Mm-hmm. So, but, so, because CZ has always done pretty well when it comes to their ergonomics. Sure. And that's really all you need to do is work on your ergonomics. It's one of the reasons why I don't like a Glock, because for I can get another handgun at the same size that I can get my hand around versus a big clunky Glock grip, which just does nothing for me. Yeah. So, so you don't have to do much more than just improve your ergonomics.
0: Now, see, I, I ran across this the other day because Shannon and I were talking about it, right? And uh, she came across this article uh, from usacarry.com, and it was, like, top compact 9mm pistols under $300. Okay. okay. See if you recognize some of these names. Ruger Security 9. Yeah. Canic uh, TP9 SA.
1: Oh, and that's actually the Kandik makes a really nice gun, and once nine, again, the ergonomics of it are great,
0: are really good. And that's kind of what she was looking for. She's looking for hand, you know, compact ones that she could grip that were nine millimeter, right? Because her job has changed a little bit here, so she's doing that. Smith and Wesson SD uh, V9 VE or whatever it is. The 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 yeah, uh, that's,
1: that's that's for all intents and purposes Smith and Wesson's answer to the Glock 19,
0: right? Right, exactly. And, and That's it, exactly what and, it is.
1: And the funny thing is, is that its ergonomics is very similar to the Glock 19. I don't personally like it.
0: And also on the list, and you'll find this familiar, the C- the Walther CCP M2. Yeah. Uh, which has now been discontinued. However, it is a phenomenal firearm. Um, it's a single stack as well, uh, but it's a phenomenal little gun. But they they looked at this and they also uh, said uh, for some of the other ones uh, the M&P the Smith and Wesson M&P nine or M 9 or M&P nine two point
1: Yep. What's a, now that that'll go under the classification of an excellent firearm that I don't personally enjoy shooting.
0: You know I don't really like shooting it either, and I can't put my finger on why. Um, um, I just don't enjoy it. It feels very clinical to me. And that's I don't,
1: probably a good way to put it. I don't know how it, else it,
0: to explain that. It, uh,
1: <laughs> what, what, you know what comes to mind, and it has nothing to do with a firearm, but what comes to mind when I think of a Smith & Wesson? Uh, <laughs> Do you remember in the Fast and the Furious movie when The Rock and Tej go to the auction and the guy looks at The Rock and goes functional yeah that's what I. That's what comes to mind when i think of a smith and wesson yeah just just that look of almost like haughty you're just wearing something functional yeah a smith and wesson is just functional you it know, does not blow my skirt up
0: it really doesn't it's it's sort of like i'll make a another bad analogy here it's sort of like how nurses actually are versus how nurses are in porn OK <laughs> You want them to be one way. And then what you get is a healthcare professional who tells you to uh, wash your hands and go sit down, right?
1: Yeah, the, the, the sponge bath is not going to be nearly as much it's fun Not as gonna, gonna
0: be with. like you think it is, okay? Um, so I mean you have all these great guns and they do really really well and they they, they like I have the security Nine compact. Shannon has the CCPM 2 uh, and they're fabulous guns for small nine millimeters that that are concealable. They're they double like Shannon CCP M two doubles as a duty weapon. It's a single stack. She doesn't mind at all. Uh, my Ruger Security Nine is a double, and I love it. And it's it's really it really turns out to be the best of both worlds for me uh, because I wanted something that was a nine millimeter that. But wasn't giant honking, you know, um, but also wasn't like a little L C P. Uh this kind of splits the difference. I I just don't think like with C Z, like you already had <laughs> you had it. Right? I don't know whether it would, just wasn't selling well or they really wanted to put on marketing material we have a micro.
1: I, I think it's gotta be the, the we have a micro. I it's gotta
0: be. <sighs> it's just so freaking weird
1: uh... and because quite frankly what or if you classify something as a subcompact at the moment it's not selling mm-hmm. the glock 26 is not selling because people are buying a glock 43 to be able to carry it concealed much much easier <laughs> um you know a a p320 subcompact isn't selling because quite frankly you can carry for the same amount of rounds a p365 yeah And pay about the same thing. So why wouldn't you? Um, So the things (gasps) listed as some subcompacts are not selling. So people are – what they're trying to do is turn around. And even if it's – even if they're just shaving a tenth of an inch off of it and saying, look, it's smaller. (laughs) Yeah, and that's – I'm just like,
0: what? (laughs) You You know, like i i guess i mean technically yes but i i have trouble with it you know like like why how much sales I, I, let me let me put it that way how better do you think the sales are going to be versus what this is you know like why is it you think this is going to be the holy I, grail I,
1: I only have one thought process, and and it's not a positive one, and it's kind of. CZ has always been one of two things, when it comes to the, um, uh, uh, CZ seventy five and the whole metals uh, firearm series. It's they've been a very very Gucci niche firearm. Sure. And then, but and the P ten has always been. A more ergonomic, slightly more comfortable Glock 19.
0: I thought it was very utilitarian. It works out very good. It's much like the Security 9 and the CCP and the PPS and all that stuff where it's just kind of usable.
1: It was designed to be a competitor to the Glock 19. Just that, right. just that simple. We're going to make it look similar to a Glock 19. We're going to give it some slightly better ergonomics. We're going to give it a slightly better trigger. But all of your controls are in the same place. All of, you know, it's got the same type of takedown as a Glock 19. It's got the same type of trigger as a Glock 19, though arguably a little bit better. Uh, and its grip is a little bit more ergonomic. Other yeah. than that, the P10C is a Glock 19.
0: And it's kind of austere like a Glock. It's, you know, it, it's got kind of all those hallmarks. Uh, which you could say a lot about a Glock, but utilitarian, very yeah. much so, very much so. So I mean, I get that. I, I don't get the Micro. So, it's got to so, be like you're saying.
1: So I'm the only thing I'm guessing is is that they're what they with the P10M what they're basically going after is rather than the 365s and the Hellcats, they're going after the Glock 43. I, I which mean, e- which even then the 43 is losing out to the ones that have higher capacity.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, and. And that's, that's always really the trick, right? Like, higher capacity, lower frame, you know, uh, lower footprint will win. You know, whoever has the smallest footprint, highest capacity, and best trigger is just going to win out. It's just the truth, you know, uh, at least in the concealable handguns. Now, I foresee, at least in my state, all right, which is, as of this month at some point, uh, a constitutional carry state
1: actually according to the news here and i wouldn't necessarily take that for granted uh it went into effect last week
0: uh in your place or mine
1: no for you i mean they're oh, talking yeah. about it they're, no um i'm on the east coast remember we're talking about how horribly backwards you terrible texans are
0: oh uh, well you know, you're not wrong um however in this i mean i mean, I mean how how
1: could You know, your state actually just want people to be walking around with handguns. I mean, isn't that insane?
0: (laughs) I mean, I mean,
1: there must be being somebody murdered every block there with the way they have. I mean, I mean, look at Chicago. I mean, they've got I mean, obviously, gun control has been working for them.
0: Well, of course. I mean, they don't have (laughs) any murders in Chicago. I mean, please, it's Chicago is the safest city in the world. Do you know what kind of gun control they have there? Nobody gets killed.
1: Exactly. Uh, and and obviously, there's somebody getting shot on every corner in Texas. I mean, it has to be that way, right?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, in fact, starting September 1, most Texans will be able, or I'm just reading here from uh, Texas Tribune, uh, starting September one, most Texans will be able to carry handguns in public without going through training or having to get permits. Law enforcement officers worry and, and, that it makes their job and that's more
1: concealed and that's concealed or otherwise.
0: Yeah, no, we we can we can do open or concealed. Um, constitutional carry legislation. It's just a sense of disappointment. Yeah, okay. Uh, they expect <laughs> mass shootings. We haven't had any yet. Um, well,
1: no. Okay, wait a minute. The only mass shootings that you've had in Texas have been over in seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you saw what happened when they did that thing at the church. I mean, the guy had a shotgun and was trying to work his way through the crowd. From the time he pulled it to the time he was dead was 12 seconds. Yeah. I mean, I counted. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. front uh, <laughs> And it wasn't like one guy, like one hero. There were five people taking aim on him.
1: Yeah, they they did give one person the credit, but like you're right, somewhere in the nature of five people took shots at him.
0: Yeah, I mean he had like a 1911 on him, two Glocks, you know, like all these handguns came out of nowhere in a church on Sunday. (laughs) All right, that's how Texans worship with 45 calibers on their hip. Uh huh. Okay, so yeah, the, and honestly, it's not that big a deal. I mean, hold on, I'm checking now. If, and I, I don't know. I haven't really followed up on this open carry. Uh, I, see, under... I, I'm a
1: very big believer in the whole armed society as a polite society thing. If you if you've got to back up with what you're going to say with the fact that the other person could shoot you. Uh-huh. Um. You, you, I'm not saying that there wouldn't be some shootings from time to time, but people are going to be a whole lot more polite to one another.
0: Oh, I would suggest that that is indeed correct.
1: I mean, not to say that it didn't, you know, that there weren't people with, you know, rapiers in their hearts at the time. But <laughs> if you think back to the time when dueling was around, you know, the, the world was very, very polite at the time.
0: Uh, Anyone who legally possesses a handgun is uh, able to carry it open or concealed without a permit.
1: Texas is starting to look better and better to me
0: oh, man you know uh you're gonna screw with people a lot less if they're carrying like I could legally right right now today I could leave home with my Beretta on my hip outside my shirt uh, just on my uh, uh outside the waistband holster I do not currently possess a uh LTC and be absolutely legal
1: I think if I was in Texas I would I would stop carrying inside the waistband. I think I just carry it outside the waistband. Much more comfortable. Just throw a shirt over and call it a
0: day. Yeah. Um it's uh, like like I said, it went to effect September first. Um you know what's what's funny is is in Texas like we got that life changed for no one? Yeah, it's like it hasn't done anything like nobody does it like i went to walmart this morning uh to pick up a vacuum cleaner and there was like it wasn't like the okay corral or anything like that i mean like nobody i, I noticed zero difference now you do notice the same that,
1: the same people who were going to carry before are carrying carry now
0: now yeah uh it's it's not really any different you know and most people and i would say this most people at least in my state prefer to carry concealed as to not freak everybody out oh yeah uh most people are like that
1: oh uh, when i say i'd start carrying outside the waistband again i'm not talking about you know putting a <laughs> desert eagle on
0: <laughs> here's my drop leg holster with my vaquero in it <laughs>
1: no i'm talking about you know still carrying the same 365 that i normally would but just rather than having it crammed inside my waistband it would be outside with my shirt over top of it
0: yeah i mean that's kind of what i plan to do for the security nine i I I plan to carry the i don't
1: tuck in my shirt anyway
0: well yeah me neither uh are you kidding do you do you over 40 at all what do you mean you tuck your shirt in no You mean you don't need (laughs) ibuprofen to get out of bed? What the hell, man? I thought you said you were over 40.
1: Um, Shit. If I wake up and nothing hurts, I worry I'm dead.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I've passed. Crap. Yeah, no, that's how you know you're awake. When you're like, oh, crap, did I sleep on that? Oh, no, that's going to hurt for all day. Damn it. And then you try and, like, think back. Did I take a leave before I went to bed? That might have been a smart. Did I do that? No, doesn't feel like I did that because it hurts now. All right, great, oh, super oh, good.
1: Two, two ibuprofen PM are part of my uh, nightly routine.
0: I look <laughs> for the for the year that I had the LTC before I let it slip. Sort of like you did. I, I just let it slip. Um, I carried the spectrum uh, in my waistband and I forgot it was there most of the time because it's so small and i i felt better having it there i I, like i said i never had to pull it or anything like that but i carried the spectrum and it was fine um i'll carry the ruger now outside you know under my shirt and stuff because you know that's 10 rounds of nine millimeter instead of eight of 380 so yeah actually 11 of nine millimeter instead of eight of 380 why wouldn't you do that uh but especially if it's completely legal but you know, you're standing there, and you're over 40, and you're sitting there, and you're just looking.
1: Are, are you worried you're going to throw your back out when you draw?
0: You know, no. But now <laughs> that you say that, <laughs> you're standing there in the aisle, and you're like looking at the aspirin, going, "Should I take one of these every day for my heart?" <laughs> they say you're supposed to.
1: I, I'm I'm picturing Mr. Incredible, like, and then kind of just <gasps> trying to turn to get the back, and I'm like, oh. <laughs>
0: Hold on. Hold on. Time out, guys. Time out. All right. Oh, I'm going to need to. Oh, God damn. That's going to hurt tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. No, you try and throw yourself to the ground to do a roll and shoot somebody and come back up and you just you just flop to the ground. <laughs> Make a big splat. You're like, oh, all right. Somebody else going to have to hero it up. I, I can't. Here, take this. I can't. You're going to have to. All right. You guys take care of that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it'd be. Um. I mean cuz most of the places I'm in are very um suburban and very not urban suburban uh, a lot of soccer moms um a lot of soccer moms with hellcats and p3 p365s and and small caliber walthers and stuff like that in their purses and you've always
1: got that one who's got the uh the Beretta Tomcat just with a
0: little oop, little hole hey there's always yeah there's always that girl um, and it's chromed, you know, or nickel, <laughs> you know, what it is. Um, but uh, my dad has that. Uh, he's he's got a Beretta Tomcat. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> loves it. Loves it. Loves it. A little thirty-two. Loves it.
1: Well, I like that one better than the C camp. Everybody seems to like those little C camps. I think I, I can't. I, I can't get like a grip on those.
0: That's a three eighty, isn't it?
1: Uh, it does come as a three eighty, though. Quite frankly, as small as that is, that's even smaller than your um uh than your spectrum oh wow oh yeah i mean the the only thing that's that's about the same size or even close to that size is the uh the car uh cw380 did you have um, one of those i did yep i don't i don't miss that one
0: i do i i could imagine you would yeah um but I mean, uh it's <laughs> it's pretty terrible <laughs> i make fun of Bona with his uh with his little Beretta uh, Tomcat, but you know what? He loves it. He loves it. I got it for him a long time ago.
1: Well, I've I've always wanted one that I can just drop in my
0: pocket, but I can't
1: seem to find one that I'm
0: happy with. Yeah, because you I, expect them to shoot well, and they're not going to, dude. <laughs> uh, true, I,
1: but he, but even like a little North American Arms 22 Magnum or something like that, you know, just something I can just drop in my pocket to go to the store.
0: I could do a Ruger LCP too. Uh, I didn't like it. Yeah, but you could I drop could, it in your pocket but, and but go to the store.
1: But that's the problem is, is I'm trying to find one that I actually like.
0: Oh, I I think your standards are way too high to find an actual pocket micro that you will like. <laughs> that is that is going a long way, sir. Uh, I just I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a thing. I'll tell you the one I've always wanted that I've never, I've never gotten because I've never, like, I'm too cheap. But I got the big brother, right? Um, I've always wanted a Beretta Cheetah. Love them.
1: Okay Love the, them. The, the, the The little, that, it almost looks like a micro M9, but it's a 380, correct?
0: Uh, correct, yeah it's it yeah. base yeah it's it's a small the, m9 the, the,
1: the owner of the store has one of those he uh from time to time as he goes to the different ones that he carries he actually carries that one in a shoulder holster
0: yeah it's a fantastic gun uh Europeans used them for uh uh law enforcement rigs for a long time
1: fantastic well, well, I, gun. I, it's
0: basically I, an m9 and 380 that's exactly uh, what it is
1: I tell you what have you ever looked at the website aim surplus no uh, give them a chance. They come up with them um, from LEO trade-ins from time to time that are really cheap.
0: Really? Yeah. I really like that gun. I've always wanted one. Uh, they're just so neat. They're, they're compact. They're small. They're easy to shoot. It's everything you like about an M9 only in a 380. Mm-hmm. It's it's super cool. And I and the problem is now that I have the, the – I can't say it's an M9. It's an It's a 92FS. But now that I have that, and I know I like it, and I know it shoots well, and I know I <laughs> shoot well with it, it just makes me want the Cheetah even more because it's like, oh, now I know I'll like it, right? Because you're just like, oh, it's gonna be so good. I know it is, and I just, I, it's, it's one of the only handguns that I really, I really do want because I think it, I think it's gonna be beautiful to shoot, and I really love them, and I love the way they look, and I just, it's just so neat. Um, but yeah, I never, I I don't know. I, I've i never had the money at the same time and not needed or wanted something else. You know what I mean?
1: Well, there's always something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But the cheetah is just so neat. I always like those. And surprisingly, and this will surprise you. I want black, like black, totally blacked out, except I want rosewood grips, like traditional. Okay. Um, very, very traditional looking, um. And it's just I I just think they're beautiful. Uh, But uh, uh, I did have something else weird happen this week. Um, We covered this a long time ago, actually. Uh, I guess back in uh, March, February, March of this year, uh, 2021. Uh, I talked about welding back together my Ithaca Model 51 Feather light shotgun. Okay, and
1: you've you uh, mentioned that you've actually done it for a couple of other people too. Oh
0: man, I had. The
1: or I'll, one. I'll, re- I'll rephrase, considering the fact that that would not be legal. Um, you've been offered the opportunity to do it for other people.
0: Well, it's pre- It's it's fine and legal because they don't manufacture that gun anymore. <laughs> You can't, you can't you can't you can't buy parts for it like you can buy like a spring and okay
1: i'm and, gonna interrupt you for two seconds and then i promise i'll go back right now on aim surplus they have a they don't have a, a cheetah but they do have a uh sas faith 380b which is basically a clone for 360 bucks
0: see i want the oh well wow. yeah they do okay hold on, <laughs> hold on
1: as i said it's basically a clone
0: Cheetah. Mm. But
1: that one's actually, that's also a new one versus, as I said, the cheetahs tend to show up. Um,
0: yeah, surplus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't want the.
1: Uh, and I figured a surplus one would do exactly what you want to give you an opportunity to clean one up and do what you want with it and have some fun.
0: <laughs> that is exactly what I'd do with it. That is totally like I. they had this thing and I can't remember who did it, but the they had a thing where they got shipped from because they were switching to something else like 2000. Um, police surplus cheetahs. And I almost bought one from those people and, and they're like, yeah, they're here. They're cheap. You know? And I, I was buying other stuff. We were doing other stuff at the time. And I just didn't do it. And I'd kick myself every time I think about it, but ugh, I'll get one. I'll get one. At some point I will have a, a Beretta cheetah. I totally will. I love them. Uh, but when I was fixing my feather light, which is indeed like Ithaca no longer supports the gun. Uh, You can buy action springs for it. You can buy some nylon stoppers. You can buy some different stuff, but Ithaca no longer supports the gun. Uh, It's in fact, one of the guns that led them to go out of business, Uh, (laughs) uh, supporting all the failures and catastrophic design flaws in the model 51. Now that is not uh, unusual, a story for gas operated shotguns in the seventies. That happened to quite a few of them. In fact, Lots of them. All of them had some kind of weird design flaw on them. Uh, With Ithaca, it just had more than the others. So catastrophic, in fact, that it snapped its own bolt slide assemblies.
1: And I, if I remember correctly, you went so far as to purchase your own arc welder in order to be able to do this.
0: Yeah, my own big welder. Yes, sir, I did. Um, in fact, I sold a perfectly working and lovely uh, Browning Auto A5 12-gauge uh, to purchase said welder and put together this Ithaca uh, of ill repute and um, non-function. So uh, I did, and I posted a, a big uh Post about it on Hawkeye Guns uh, as as I would normally do, j- chronicling that not only did I do this, and it is for the record not a good idea, and I am a moron, uh, <laughs> but I, I did. I was like, look, I'm I refuse to give up on this. I like the gun. I'm pissed off that I can't like no one will touch it, and that was the problem I had. Like gunsmiths wouldn't touch it they're like i'm not welding
1: but but if i remember correctly apparently you're saying uh, i'm gonna make a guess that you said this was not a good idea that this is not gone as well as you would have hoped however i do remember you shooting it and being
0: quite pleased at the time okay here's the thing uh i shot i fixed it i did weld it back together and uh, then it broke further on down the slide to the next point of weakness and i had to create and weld uh, a hook on the end of it to to fix that part and then it's been fine i've run a couple boxes of shells like three four boxes of shells through and it's been fine
1: okay so Uh, i'm missing the bad idea portion of this then
0: well one you're you're throwing money at a gun that has (laughs) been proven time and time and time again that it will fail (laughs) okay um and it does fail and i i over welded it and everything like that and a lot of people are like uh you know hey every time they weld something on forged and fire it breaks it's like yes but that's hardened steel and this is mild steel like when you weld mild steel and put more steel in it it actually gets stronger because it's mild steel it's not hardened um So adding more steel and making it stronger actually helps. And today on metallurgy. Yeah, exactly. Adding more steel actually helps, right? And it's in these notches that the weakness occurs, so you just put more steel in the notch, right? So it doesn't have a notch. It just has a bar, Uh, and it seems to help. Anyway, I welded it, put it back together and and all that kind of thing, and ran a couple boxes through it, and it is now working. Now that was in, uh, hold on, I will check the post on that. That was March <laughs> of 2021. Since that time, I have been contacted by and been sent parts from three different people having me weld their 51s back together.
1: <laughs> no. Has it been successful?
0: Uh, and every time thus far, Yes. I, I, I've gotten reports back. It's like, yep, that's fine. Uh, so their, their gun is working or back in working order. What's what I'm having trouble with is like why the gunsmiths are kicking this back, right? Like every gunsmith in every area, I've had uh, somebody in super South Texas, which is where the last one came from, um, Pennsylvania and one out in, uh, Idaho. And they're like, yeah, my gunsmith, I've checked three of them around here. They say they won't weld it. I'm like, why? It's just welding, you know. The, yeah, they uh, don't do that.
1: Well, um, not knowing as much about the firearm as I don't, um, is what is the risk of catastrophic failure?
0: Catastrophic failure. The risk of catastrophic failure in now, this particular now, instance.
1: Now, to, to be clear, what I'm asking is not necessarily what's the chances of it breaking again. Nobody. I'm not worried about whether or not it. 100 percent i'm talking about (laughs) catastrophic like oops my face just got blown off
0: yeah zero um you're not going to blow off your face what you will do is possibly like the the part that fails is the rails on the on the on the uh bolt carriage right so what it might do is just not feed at all or not eject at all
1: so you don't run into a risk of actually overpressuring the chamber and having the sucker explode in any
0: way shape or form.
1: No. Okay, so then then I agree with you. I do not understand why a
0: gunsmith wouldn't do it. I I don't know either. I don't know. Because
1: because if the part if the part fails, the part fails. It's not going to be the part fails and now you need plastic surgery.
0: Yeah, no. It's not it's not overloading a chamber, it's not any of that stuff. It's not refusing to 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 you know, function. It. I mean, if it breaks, it just won't load or won't unload. That's basically what'll happen. It doesn't change the chamber pressure. It doesn't over pressurize anything. It doesn't not seal anything or anything like that. It just won't work um, or function. And it might be, depending on how it fails or if both ends of that rail fail, it may just. You may have to take apart the gun to get the damn slide back out of there, and it may be useless or a paperweight after that. But, um, I you now- run that risk anyway
1: are there any other issues with the possibility of the gun having a catastrophic failure that have nothing to do with this
0: no it'll if the spring is worn it'll it'll refuse to eject cuz it doesn't uh or, uh, no, it'll so refuse to feed because it doesn't come back far enough to engage it hard.
1: But this but this model of Ithaca is not known for exploding on people, correct?
0: Yeah, no. No, they don't do
1: Okay. Because the only thing I could think of is because, it, and it's part of what I deal with with liabilities in the business I work in, is even if what you're doing has no possibility of having a catastrophic failure, if it has a catastrophic failure, they're still going to go, well, the gunsmith just worked on it.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's one thing I tell people. I'm like, look, I am not a registered gunsmith or licensed gunsmith, and this is a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like, spend money on better guns. You know, like, I, I would give you uh, several examples of better guns you could spend your money on that are not very expensive. But I also understand that it's like, no, I, I want this gun. I love the way this gun shoots, and that's the problem this gun shoots really well. Like I give it to people and they're like, wow, that is, that shoots amazing. I'm like, I know, but you need a wheelbarrow full of parts and a welder to keep it running. <laughs> and it's kind of weird, you know, but I, I've had people and I don't charge them much more than postage to fix this thing. Cause it's not like, I'm like, look, I feel bad, you know, cause, cause Ithaca is never going to support this thing again. Right. It killed their, it was part of the reason it killed their company the first time and gave them a bad name, was, was, in fact, partially this gun. They have other guns, like the 37s they're producing now are, are works of art. They're beautiful. Uh, the pump-action shotguns that they're doing now, they're even doing a 1911 clone. Uh, beautiful guns all, and they're reliable as hell. I can't imagine they'd want to open this can of worms up again. I understand. However, because the design was relatively flawed and it produced what i call a catastrophic failure which is the gun will snap its own bolt carrier i mean like
1: well i guess it depends on your definition of catastrophic i'm thinking catastrophic means as i said before someone needs plastic surgery
0: yeah that's explosive (laughs) failure. that's a little different at least to me but it well that's what i call a catastrophe i I get it i and you're not wrong um there's but uh, to me, the the whole idea that like no one will service this gun, right? Because they know it's going to fail. They know it's going to fail. They took take one look at this and go, nope, it's going to fail, and they're right. So you got to kind of overweld it, and you got to weld the notch out, and you got to kind of add some more metal and file it down, and it's a big pain in the ass. And 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 they know that you know two, three, four hundred rounds from now. It might break in another place. It won't break in that place, but it'll break in another place, and then you're going to have to have it welded again. And that's probably true. I just don't get why they're not willing to. You know, because it seems to me like, well, yeah, let's get a couple of years of enjoyment out of the gun for not a lot of money, and, and, you know, if it breaks, it breaks again. You know, we'll either weld it or trash it. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why that is or why no one's willing to help with these. Because, I, I mean, I totally understand that they don't make the part anymore. They do not, like, no one services this gun as far as the barrel, the mechanism, the bolt, the bolt carrier, you know, the the action rails. The, the all you can really get for it now so, are so when the so when
1: the barrel goes eventually, it's it's just done.
0: Yeah, it's just it's done. Yeah, you you won't be able to replace it because part of the gas system is attached to the is welded to the barrel, uh, and the gas piston and all that kind of stuff are kind of on that assembly. Once the barrel goes, you're done. But the the problem with that is shotguns have an enormous barrel life because the pressure is low, right? So a 12- and 20-gauge shotgun, the pressure is super low, and like a twenty two has a higher chamber pressure than a 12-gauge shotgun. I mean, you have shotguns that are 50, 75, 100 years old that are still shootable. Right. Because they just the barrel life is pretty good on them. So that
1: and, and then if you've got something that's a break open, there's actually so little mechanism to it that you just throw a shell shell in there and go.
0: Yeah. As long as you haven't got gap between the uh, the plate and the barrel, you're good. <laughs> you know, like they've got 150 year old greeners running around the country right now. They're still shootable. Parker, same difference. Holland and Holland, same difference. Right. If it closes and you don't see a gap, it's good. Uh, so shotguns are kind of weird I that way. I wish the coach guns were legal. <laughs> coach guns? They are yeah. legal. You can buy a coach gun. So,
1: well, okay, but you got to get a tax stamp for it.
0: Not sawed Texas. off double-barreled? Oh, sawed off. Okay, well, yeah. that's a little different. That's not a coach. I mean, coach guns are just side-by-side and shorter, right? Well, yeah, but,
1: you know... If you for what they're calling coach guns these days, you're talking about something that's got well below an eighteen inch barrel.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's like I used to have something like that. It was um I bought it at Traders Village, which if you don't know what that is, it's like um it's like a giant Latino flea market um in the south part of Dallas. And it's fabulous. Uh you can buy Literally anything uh, at Trader's Village, and I found something called a snake charmer, which was a pistol-gripped—or actually, that's not true. It was like an axe-handle grip, uh, side by side, twelve gauge. I think the barrels were—I don't know.
1: Well, I'm going to call them
0: thirteen inches.
1: If it's axe-head gripped, though, that's still legal. I'm talking about putting a stock on that sucker.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that that was extremely you know, I, but I, I had that for years. In fact, for years that was the only gun I owned, other than my uh, 22 revolver. Uh, oh, and a 22 Marlin. But other than that, that was the only large caliber gun that I owned that wasn't a 22. Was that that snake charmer, and that's what I protected the the house with. And it was fabulous. I get a little confused, like why <laughs> people wouldn't touch it. You know, I'm like it's a simple fix it literally takes about with the filing and the sanding and the you know all that kind of stuff I think it takes 25 minutes maybe 30 if you spend a lot of time
1: um, um, once again service industry there's the possibility that if it breaks again in another two months that there' so you got somebody back going you didn't fix it it paid hey, get my money back
0: yeah and I make it clear uh, when I do it for people I'm like look this is a horrible idea and I'm not a licensed gunsmith and this is going to break again. As long as you understand that, I'll fix it. I'll weld it. You know, you bet. You know.
1: The the other thing is, is that, you know, gunsmiths probably have to keep a decent reputation down there because there are probably more than a few. Here, I think there's like two gunsmiths in the entire state. Oh, wow. so if if you need a gunsmith it doesn't matter whether he's any good or not he's the one you're going to
0: well now it's part of the problem i was running into is down here there are gunsmiths who were willing to do it but their backlog was a year and a half and they were going to charge me 400 bucks to do it and i'm like oh and when i pushed them to tell me how they were going to weld it it was basically attack weld and i'm like that ain't gonna work man you got to you got to penetrate and you got to go all the way through and you got to make sure you get good penetration, but not blow through it. And then you got to add a little metal. And, you know, I remember the last guy who was, I was explaining this to him. I'm like, you're going to need a MIG and it's going to need variable voltage. And you're going to need to dial it all the way down and file this. He goes, if you're, if you're that into it, why don't you just do it? And, uh, <laughs> challenge I, accepted. Yeah. I had a Skywalker moment. I could buy my own welder for that, you know? And suddenly I went, yeah, why don't I just buy my own (laughs) welder? (laughs) And honestly, I'm glad I did, because again, it broke the first time I brought it out. Now, it didn't break in the place I welded it, but it broke further down the rail, as I said in the article, and I'd have been $400 light and still had a broken gun. So um, I've had to weld on it twice, to be honest. Uh, I've replaced the main action spring, which is two inches too compressed and I've had to replace the nylon stopper in it. So it's needed a bunch of parts and I redid the barrel or reblued the barrel and I had to redo the stocks and I had to put a new.
1: Well, and, and as with all of the things that what it comes down to is, has it been worth the time and effort to you?
0: Okay. How do you define worth? <laughs> Cause I mean... if, if it's, if it is, has I ha- have I had fun with it, and do I value the gun in its completed state and enjoy shooting it and have a cool story to tell? Yes, I do. Monetarily, has it been worth it? No, absolutely not.
1: What more worth do you? I mean, let's put it this way: when it, when it really comes down to it, you know, all the all of these things are only worth the level of entertainment it's going to give you. I mean, it, don't, don't get me wrong, you know, there's a personal protection firearm, there's a home protection firearm, etc. But most of what you have is there for your entertainment. Oh, clearly. And there's nothing wrong with
0: that. Yeah, no, clearly. So, I mean, I, so the, I I collect them to shoot them and enjoy shooting skeet with them for the most part. Yeah, for shotguns. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, for that, is it great? Yes, absolutely. It's a dream to shoot. I love playing with it. I I. Let me put it this way. I loved it so much I couldn't bear the thought of scrapping it so much that I bought a welder and fixed it rather than throw it away and buy something. And using one of the other perfectly working shotguns I had, yes, Um, in that way, it is totally worth it. Um, Monetarily, if you were looking on a balance sheet, I am way upside down in this thing.
1: Well, yeah, but that's 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 what you have to make sure you understand because that's the way your wife is
0: going to look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I've got a really cool wife. Shannon thought it was super cool that I welded it and fixed it when no one else would or couldn't or didn't want to take the time to and made it working because that's the kind of thing her dad did. Her dad always took broken th- He did it with cars. You know, like he would take junked up cars that people would throw away and he would used them and that was her first car her first car was like a, a an old beat to crap chevy blazer that somebody threw away and her dad spent a year fixing it up so he could give it to her on her 16th birthday now i had ripped up seats and you had to start it with a screwdriver but she didn't have to pay anything with it or for it yeah.
1: yes but you know what they call that they, they call that building character
0: yeah i had the same kind of character building first car i don't know about you um, um yeah
1: no i had the dear god you spoiled
0: ass first car oh you're one of those yeah i didn't have one of those my <sighs> my uh be, 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 mm. before the
1: before the divorce my dad used to collect Porsches. <laughs>
0: you dick enough <laughs> <Nothing laughs> of love for you but I uh like and that.
1: i think we've talked about this before I, I learned how to drive on a 944
0: i was gonna say it wasn't the 356 was it
1: no, the 356 hasn't run in a long time. <laughs> um, the 356 was the one that, when I was five years old, before seat belts were really a thing, that used to stand on the front seat while my dad went around corners trying to see whether or not he could get
0: my head to hit the roof. <laughs> um, you know, the 944. I've had some experience with the 944. That was a neat car, but it wasn't a fast car. No, <laughs> why no, if you're looking like, for speed? It, it went, that's it. not your um, ride. No, at all. Uh, now, did you have the turbo or the S or the S2?
1: Uh, I think it was the S.
0: Oh, that's not bad. That's naturally aspirated. That's a beautiful little car. Oh, it, it,
1: once again, it was comfortable as all hell. Um, the reason why my father uh, chose to teach me how to drive on that was his, at that point in time, uh, everything was still stick shift. Uh, so his statement was, if you can drive this stick,
0: you can, you can drive, drive any, any th- of them. Yep, you damn right you can.
1: And and every and every stick shifter since then has felt like I was just dropping the clutch and slamming it into gear. It, the gears on that were tiny as all hell. You literally had to get the gear shifter into the right place, and yeah. then the, the and then working the clutch and the pedal, you had to get those right. Whereas the other stick shift cars I've owned, Jeeps and Volkswagens, and push, stuff like that, dump,
0: move, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was beautifully finessed. Um... We had uh, we had one with another guy I, I knew and and we worked on that thing and it was amazing to drive, but the thing is like nobody knew how to drive it like they get in it saying can you work a sh- uh, can you work a stick yeah let me tell you about the stick in there no it's it's fine I no, know how no, to drive a the stick. same thing I'm like uh trust me you're gonna to want to hear that no i got it and of course they'd stall it or you're you know or, or something like that immediately you know because i'm like that's oh that's not how second works okay um just down down-shifting down shifting was a bitch oh yeah no it was a pain like you have to learn how to because it's not as bad as you know like an unsynced gearbox but it's close uh <laughs> It's it's close. You got to as uh, Clarkson says, you got to learn how to heel toe it right. You know, but I mean, learning and learning stick. I, I have today on car talk. Um, Learning stick <laughs> is a forgotten skill because you'll never need that again. You'll never well, need the, that again.
1: Well, when we were kids and 16 years old, you, you know, quite frankly, at that Half point the cars time, out
0: there were sticks. Well,
1: automatic was an option.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, and a luxury option at that. Automatic wasn't
1: standard. Not only that, it cost you an extra grand to the car. If you were willing to drive a stick shift, you immediately saved $1,000 off the car.
0: Oh, yeah, sometimes more than that, depending on what it was.
1: So so most of the kids I knew, their parents weren't going
0: to pay an extra $1,000 for them to learn. Yeah, or didn't have a car to pass down to them that had an automatic in it. Exactly. So it was all... Like, out in my parking lot, uh, it was all, like, beat-up trucks, Datsuns, old Toyotas, old Nissans. Um... I miss the Datsuns. God, weren't they awesome? The, they so... two,
1: the, the 280Zs and oh, 240Zs, or what, I can't even remember the numbers that went on there, but those Gosh. were actually neat cars.
0: They were awesome cars. And even the trucks, even the little trucks, like those little old Nissan hard bodies. man, those, those were indestructible.
1: Uh, no, I'm talking pre Nissan. I'm talking Datsun.
0: The 280Z, which was my ride, I loved it. I lo- I never had one. I always wanted one. The 280. 280- now a lot of people will say, "Oh no, this one was better." I like the 280s. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I I, just, I did. It was just all there, like the the whole like the whole look. I was like, "Oh man, would you look uh, and- at that."
1: I was never enough of a car guy to know how and what that, but the one thing I do remember about them is that they were infinitely modifiable. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cause you could modify cars, but <laughs> then, uh, um, well,
1: yeah, but it, it was one of those things where you, you bought certain cars and it was kind of like, that's it. And then you could buy a Datsun two eighty Z. And if you wanted to buy a car that you could just screw with, it was kind of like the Toyota Supra is for the, uh, um, the Fast and Furious age people.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but they were there. I mean, that's that's what that's what they had, you know. And you could take one of those and put an oversized engine in it, and 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 see that's the whole modifying thing, right? Like, and it even flows over into guns, you know. Like it's the whole like you could take this and do this with it, and no one will be able to touch you. And they're kind of right, you know. I think a lot of that's gone now.
1: Well, um. It depends on uh, what type of you know firearm you're buying. With uh, ARs, absolutely. They, <laughs> yeah. Um, with handguns, it's a little bit more limited, but at the same time, depending on what you buy, uh, you know, there's a lot of aftermarket support for a lot of firearms these days. Um, the most of it is for Glock, and the, but the one thing I don't like about, well, one of the many things I don't like about Glocks, is You know, for example, the SIGs that I choose to buy, they are infinitely modifiable. I can put whatever sights I want on them. I can put whatever grips I want on them. I can put extra barrels, different barrels in them. I can do whatever I want to with them. But if I wanted a complete gun out of the box, it's there. You you know, whereas with a Glock, you know, the first thing you do is replace the sights of the trigger. So you're already talking about another 150 bucks just off the price you paid for the gun that you're going to need to spend.
0: Yeah, unless it's, like, department-issued and you're not allowed to. That's the, that's the first thing everybody does. I mean, it just is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's kind of why I got into shotguns so much is because they're infinitely modifiable. Like, almost all of them are. You can do anything to them. Like, what do you want to do? You want to replace the stocks? You want to replace the foregrip? You want to replace the sights? Barrel? You know, what, what do you want to do? You can probably do it. I love shotguns. I I do. They're they're super fun and they're super to play. You know, super fun to play with. And what frustrates me about like having old ones, um, because you can have an old shotgun. You don't have to worry about the barrel. You know, the barrel life. Uh, most of the older ones were made with wood stocks. They survive quite well. Um, most of them have because they're not worried about weight. It's like it's a shotgun. Suck it up, Buttercup. You know, it's made of steel. <laughs> You know, uh, they're not worried about well, weight. They don't care. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you're you're also not looking to wander around with one on your hip all day.
0: No, but that'd be a great day. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a great day. Just wander around with a shotgun all day. Oh,
1: oh, oh, don't don't get me wrong. For my 410 Henry axe, they do make a holster for that.
0: <laughs> you know, it's called the pliskin. Um it, <laughs> I mean the um the, me snake. The, uh, the
1: the small the ranch hand lever action pistols like um Woody Harrelson from Zombie Land. Once again, you can get a holster for those. I'm
0: telling you, I I have a particular love and soft spot for shotguns. I just do. They're so much fun. They're so versatile. There's virtually nothing else that will do what you can make shotguns do. Um, unless you want range, and then you're screwed, okay? (laughs) You're going to need anything else other than a shot. But short range, under 100 yards, man, shotguns can do almost anything. I'm just a a huge fan. But uh, I was surprised that, uh, to bring that back around, I was surprised that it's such kind of a hassle to work on some of the older ones, especially the discontinued ones that, that I think can be fixed pretty easily and provide people with several maybe multiple dozens of hours of uh, super cool fun with a beautifully shooting shotgun, and nobody's willing to do it for them. Uh, If there were more of these things around, I'd actually, you know, like put out a service where it's like, yeah, I fixed that piece of crap so you could actually shoot it. (laughs) I just don't think there's that many left around, you know. I think most of them have just been... Well, most of them have
1: probably broken and gotten thrown away.
0: Yeah, they just died, and either somebody threw them in a lake because they were so pissed about paying the money for it, and then it just catastrophically died, or uh, as, I'm sorry, Jake doesn't like that word, and it just <laughs> unfixably breaks <laughs> that, uh, you know, people got disgusted and threw them in a lake or cut them in half or, you know, used a perfectly working shotgun to shoot them because they had blown money on this <laughs> gun that is no longer working. Um, I don't think there's that many around left, which is super sad. I I really love the gun. I do. I know it's terrible in many ways, but it's beautiful to shoot. Like, when you come down here, I'll have you shoot it. It's beautiful to shoot.
1: You know what you ought to do? If you see one at a gun show and it's, like, for nothing, you ought to just buy it just to be able to pull that part out of it. So. You know, if somebody says, hey, I I, I need, you just basically go, okay, send me the one that you have. I'll send
0: you this one. I'll send you this one. Sort of like alternators, like send me your bad one. I'll send you a good one. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Here's your core deposit. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. I should probably do that. The problem is you don't really see them much. Right. Well, I mean, that's, and that's what I'm saying. If yeah. you run
1: across one, just, yeah, just, you just one of
0: those keep in the back of your head sort of things. Yeah, I mean, because they're because everybody knows what they are when you see it, and everybody's like, mm, "That's a bad idea." <laughs> you know. So, so you if you see somebody
1: one, and go, "I'll give you 50 bucks for it,"
0: right? You know, I mean, because it's especially if it's we, broken. We both know it's going to break. Yeah, I we give both you know. 50 bucks for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I ought to just start going to to. uh Gun shows it, with like a little pin and a well, little no, tap well, hammer, and just pull it apart and see if the the carriage well, is broken.
1: But, but even then, as you said, there's no uh, aftermarket support for those things anywhere no, at all. No. Just start pulling them apart. So I mean, oh, I need a stock for one. I got one of those. You know, yeah, available care. for
0: just, you. Yeah, just just buy and start buying them up.
1: I'm telling you, you and I need to retire and do
0: a gun business. We'll
1: we'll do okay.
0: <laughs> I would be totally in favor of that. It would be awesome.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll be doing all the technical work, and every once in a while looking at me going, hold this.
0: Yeah, well, um, that's the fun part. I just don't, yeah, I like talking to people and doing sales is not my thing. I just want to play with the guns. <laughs> But, I mean, just this one, you know, little post where people are so frustrated, they're looking for any help, and they find me, and they're like, can you fix my gun? I'm like, yeah, I can. You're not going to like it, but yeah, I can. Like, it's not going to last forever, but yeah, I can fix it. Um, even that, it may seems to make people happy, you know, where they're like, oh, good, I can shoot it for a while. Or, hey, at least it's working, you know, or, or whatever. Um, I haven't had one come back yet. I've only done three, but I've, I haven't had one come back yet. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I love them though. I do. I love them. I love working on them and I love, uh, making them shoot again, making them useful again. It's super, super happy.
1: You really just need to go ahead and get the gunsmithing
0: license and call it a day. I know. It's five grand though.
1: Well, it, it'll, it will pay for itself. I time. know
0: it it will, it, it actually will. It's sort of like the welder. Like I bought that welder. It was like 150 bucks plus the helmet. So I probably had about 200 bucks into that welder. I've already actually paid for it. <laughs> you know, like tools and, and training pay for themselves. And,
1: and, and you, it's not even like you have to convince your wife at this point.
0: No, she's up my ass about doing it too. She, she's like, and you're not a, gunsmith now why like why why did you not figure this out yes dear (laughs) (laughs) i get it she's like we could have figured it out you know like you probably need to do this because you're you're gonna this is gonna be your retirement job because we're clear i'm not (laughs) retiring like i don't have that kind of money oh hell no yeah, I don't think any like most of our generation doesn't, but yeah, I think this will probably wind up being it cuz I love doing it. I love doing it and
1: <laughs> I mean it's not like we're getting social
0: security or yeah, anything. Yeah, that'll be gone. <laughs> what was the video for the for the Texas guy? We invest in ammo. <laughs> it's Much less <laughs> volatile, and much more valuable. <laughs>
1: You really ought to put a link to
0: that on the on the
1: website. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> Let's say your relative leaves you $39,000. That is $39,000 a 9mm. You should be buying with that. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> First problem is it's actually a good investment at the moment.
0: Oh, man. If you'd have bought it pre pandemic, it'd be worth twice what it was when you bought it today. Oh, <laughs>
1: and I know people who've done exactly that.
0: I know. I did it with guns. I probably, with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, I had 50-some-odd guns. I'm now down to 12 uh, rifles. I, I, let me rephrase that. I had 50 shotguns. I'm now down to under 12 that are mine. And I probably, accounting all the money and all the, the materials and the parts and the initial purchase price, I probably net, I don't know, around 12000 maybe fifteen. In the last uh, year, from selling all those guns. Now, I bought other guns with them. Let me be of course, fair. I didn't like pay off bills or like pay off a car or something like that. I oh, bought other guns because no. um, this hobby paid for itself. Hey, pay off bills? Yeah. <laughs> no, I bought other guns. Like I bought a two thousand dollar shotgun. I bought another thousand dollar shotgun. I bought a you know, <laughs> like I bought other stuff. Okay, by selling all these guns or trading or whatever. But I mean, I probably paid some bills, but uh, half of that at least went back into other cool guns. But I mean, I did that with with firearm, with shotguns anyway. Um, I made quite a quite a like if and I've said this before. If you can't make money or you couldn't make money in twenty twenty selling firearms, you you're, you don't belong in the gun business. <laughs> it was it's uh, it's sort of like Chris Rock. How am I gonna get rid of all this crack? You know. <laughs> It sells itself
1: uh, look I, I still can remember lines out the building.
0: yeah, yeah I mean that's it was it was crazy. I mean in in 2020 it was crazy I it, and it's not that way anymore. that's largely gone. Um,
1: oh no it, it's it's back to it's the business is still good, but it's back to some semblance of normal. Yeah. Whereas before it was just walking in. Give me a gun. I need a gun. I, what kind of gun? I don't know. Just I just I, I need a gun. One that oh, shoots. I,
0: you know, I, I've,
1: got, I've got this uh, 32 auto piece of shit. You know,
0: yeah. I'll take it. How much is it Two, uh four hundred dollars? I'll take it. You know, you're like, wow, basically. Yeah. And and, you know, is it that way now? No, of course not. It's still good. But it's
1: and and we still do get people who come in because they're scared. I mean, I recently had a the, the, I can't remember whether I've mentioned it before, but I was, went back to work at the gun store for a little bit of time because the owner of the store had to have back surgery. So I figured I'd be nice enough and help considering how much of a discount it gives me. <laughs> um, and we did have a, a woman come in who was dealing with some poor choice and boyfriend issues. Um, sure. Happens. And, and it just even then getting her set up with everything she needed from a usable firearm that wasn't disgustingly expensive to uh, a safe to make sure her kid couldn't get to it, to cleaning kits, to even then making sure that she had a business card to the guy who does all the training for us. You know, um, here's all your stuff. Go make sure you know how to use it, please.
0: Right. And several hundreds of dollars later. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, hell, we even sold her a taser flashlight and a thing of pepper spray.
0: Oh, wow. Her boyfriend must have really sucked.
1: Uh, yeah. I was kind of like, OK, here's a flashlight that you can have out on your way from your car to your apartment. And if he jumps out and grabs you, trust me, if you hit him with this, he will let you go.
0: There are less of those than there used to be. A lot less panic buying now um, at the gun shows, at least that I'm going to. Uh, there's a lot of ammunition people still out there.
1: Uh, yes, and there's still a lot of people who don't know what they're buying.
0: Yeah, a lot of that.
1: I mean, I, that. I, I I love how many people come in desperately wanting an AR-22. That's <laughs> kind of like... Now, if some if somebody says to me, okay, with the price of ammo these days, I just want to be able to go to the range with an AR and be able to shoot and have a good old time perfect it's exactly what they're
0: there for but what are like, you planning to do with that like what are you going to stop with that i mean how many rounds are you going to have to put downfield before it like it doesn't have it's not a a and i know they say oh it's a, a 223 it's like a 20 no no it's not no it's not <laughs> like do you know how much powder's behind that sucker
1: Oh, look! I've always told my kid that if, for whatever reason, she had to grab the one in the house to uh, d- for for defensive purposes, that she needs to be putting out three to my one.
0: Yeah, just just hose hose it down, because <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, that's not like a twenty-two long rifle is not going to stop a whole lot. Oh, no, kill somebody. Yeah, eventually, like unless you get them in the but, head but or the well, eye.
1: Well no, even then it's gonna bounce around the inside of the body and create enough wound channels, I'm not gonna put you back together. You're probably gonna die if you get shot in the chest with a twenty two and it makes past your rib cage. Yeah. But at the but at the same time, it's you're not going to drop dead right there. No.
0: I mean, no, you, I mean that's... Put, you
1: you can put a twenty two long rifle through the heart and the person's probably gonna live another ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah
0: yeah and that's and now you're getting into your you know your your caliber arguments right like they'll say oh you're not going to live or you're not going to die from a 380 oh yeah you will especially if you use like the
1: if you use a a hot hollow point 380
0: yeah yeah. like a critical a hornady critical defense which is what everybody's got loaded in it yeah Yeah. that's as good as a glow grade nine millimeter you betcha it's gonna whip right through there and do the job just fine um now, when you step down to a long rifle, that's a big step down, <laughs>
1: okay? Uh, well, I mean, anybody who's listened to this cast long enough has heard me tell, tell people that I've had this conversation at the the store before, and people would come in and asking about a twenty-two for personal defense. And my response to them is usually, what is your intention? Well, what do you mean, what's your intention? Well, you, you have two things that you're trying to do. You're either trying to stop someone, or you're trying to kill someone. If you're trying to kill someone, the twenty two will do it. But if you're trying to stop someone, well, the, quite frankly a twenty two is probably not going to stop them prior to them harming you.
0: Right. Not in time. No. Right? not not like a uh, even a hot three eighty or a nine millimeter or a forty five or something like that or God yeah. help you a rifle or a shotgun. And,
1: and And the funny thing is is that if you if if you get a twenty two into the ribcage, it's actually going to do more damage to the human body than a nine millimeter would going through um the difference is is that it's going to be small damages that are going to take time for you to bleed out versus something that's going to whether you die or not stop you in your tracks
0: yeah And, uh, and i tried to explain this to a neighbor the other day and she's like well everyone tells me i need a nine millimeter so i got a nine millimeter and i'm like okay do you know how to shoot one of those and she's like not really and so she's well what do you use and i'm like shotgun and i showed her what i use now i'm like now i want you to understand this the the nine millimeter that you have technically does fire this and i showed her the uh the projectile from a nine millimeter and i said now my shotgun for every trigger pull you're doing one of these i'm doing nine (laughs) of these or 21 of these now I grant you that it doesn't spread out as much as it does in the movies. However, I'm going to suggest to you that um, they're going to stop when I pull the trigger. That is going to be the end of that person's discussion with everybody. And Ever. Yeah. And I'm pretty okay with a moving target and a shotgun. Uh, I practice that a lot on targets a lot smaller and moving a lot faster than what we're talking about here. And, um, I'm confident that I can peg anyone at house distances with this gun and this ammunition. One trigger pull is going to be enough for me Two, probably overkill. However, um, <laughs> that's going to be like, the only story is going to be my story. Now with your nine millimeter, can you hit someone who's moving either away to the side or something like that in a in a dark house when you're scared with this weapon? Yes, it will kill them if it hits them in the right place. Absolutely. Can can you do? Can you put it there? And I, we took her to the range just recently, and of course she like no, she's afraid of the noise.
1: <laughs>
0: it kicks a lot, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's a short-barreled hot round out of a nine-millimeter subcompact. You know, it's it's out of a little Glock, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> um and then we gave her my shotgun to shoot which does have kick and is loud and all that kind of thing
1: yeah but when it comes to defending your home that's part of the fun
0: yeah and it's and but you see the unlike you look at her shot pattern for the nine millimeter she's afraid of it and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of difference between grabbing it with both hands putting it to your shoulder and pulling the trigger and then there's a big freaking hole you know nine nine pellet hole in the center mass of of a target and she's like oh that was much easier i'm like yep and the good news is you only need to do that once per person
1: oh (laughs) actually one of the ones we've got sitting in the uh the store at the moment that i've talked myself out of several times because i really don't need it is the um and and also i have a complete distaste for the brand is the caltech ksg
0: (sighs) you know it's funny you mention that. I I don't I can't put my fa- my finger on what it is about the Caltechs. I just don't like them. No, I just don't like them. And I, there's they've done nothing to me. <laughs> like well, I have I mean, no reason to. I just don't like them, and I don't understand why.
1: They well, I, I know why I don't tend to like them. I know that they've actually have done a little bit better as far as quality goes over the past couple of years, but that I still look at them and think. Okay, a, a Nerf gun's actually put together better than this thing is. <laughs> now, now, don't get me wrong. The sub two thousands, the 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 fold and half gun that they make, actually, people love them and swear by them. I don't think I'd want to own one. The KSGs, I'm, you know, you'll read reports that say it's one of the best home defense firearms you can buy. Um. All I remember is at the end of Deadpool when they couldn't get drop Deadpool with one. Um, but that's <laughs> not But uh, it's still it's it's a Keltec. I can't wrap my brain around owning
0: a Keltec. Try as I might, and maybe it's just because the shotgun just looks weird to me. You know, the like you're talking about the KSG. You know, the it just looks weird to me. Um, like a lot of the bullpup shotguns do. I, I don't prefer them and maybe it's just because I learned on a standard magazine or you know standard tube magazine shotgun well, I well
1: yeah but the the bull pups are completely built specifically and totally for defensive purposes
0: yeah and I just like I have one for that and I just it's the yeah. least amount of stuff I do now I will say that the p50 looks kind of cool because um, it looks like the future however it also looks wildly unbalanced heavy and <laughs> like it's a bad idea and i don't know that that's the case at all but 50 rounds in a pistol with the weight mostly forward because of course the magazine's side loaded right and it and it it's got a, a a disc that turns the ammunition i don't know if you've seen them oh it's a p50 or the p90s the, the p50 like the keltec p50
1: Okay, because there's also like a a P90, which is the ones you've seen in James Bond and stuff like. I mean, they even had one at GoldenEye at one point in time. Yeah, no, on, on the on the in the game GoldenEye.
0: No, I'm talking about the Keltec P50, and I know we got to go, but the it's 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 like it looks like the future, but it's got a 50 round magazine, uh, 5.7 chambered handgun, and it's. It's very odd. Um it's got a disk at the top of the magazine that flips the bullet from sideways to the to forward facing on the chamber. Um it folds in half uh to reveal the magazine with a 50 round clip or 50 round magazine and it's it just it looks like a crossbow without the bow and arrow part. You know, <laughs> it's very odd. And I can't imagine 50 rounds in front of the trigger is sprightly, easy to hold on to or relatively accurate.
1: Well, I, I will say that when we're talking about the futuristic guns, my white unicorn, which uh, and I will probably never own one, is still the Chris
0: Vector. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. You might get a hold of one.
1: It would have to be severely discounted.
0: Well, they ain't cheap. I'll give you that. No. no. Mean, they, they're they're super. That's that boxy looking thing with the foldable uh stock uh-huh. and it like folds into a like a rectangle, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might get a hold of one. You never know. <laughs> you're ordering. You're ordering off the wish list now. It could. It could happen.
1: <laughs> I've already spent too much on a handgun. Never <laughs> should have with that ASG.
0: I don't know. I think my wish list gun is probably going to happen before yours does. Um, with my Beretta Cheetah, but yeah. Uh, you know, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah,
1: because I I might be able to find one of those for you.
0: I, those are super. They're super neat, man. I, I'm That's convinced. It. After shooting the 92 FS, I'm I'm positive I will like the Cheetah.
1: Positive. I I don't I. Don't disagree with you. If you like the 92 FS, you're going to love the Cheetah.
0: Uh, because you know I love a 380. Uh, well, so no, because,
1: Well, it's basically what it's going to do is give you the same shooting experience as, you, as your FS, but it's not going to kick anywhere near as much, which means it's not going to kick at all.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be super accurate. So, yeah,
1: be, be, because, those, because the 92s are heavy enough, they don't. you get next to nothing Nothing. To
0: yeah, almost none. It's really strange. In fact, it doesn't kick up. It kicks back a little bit that's Mm -hmm. it that's all you get because it's so heavy i mean it's it's a big gun
1: and it's really kind of surprising for people who get used to shooting the metal guns then go back to a polymer carry gun and like wow this thing's got a little bit of a pop to it
0: yeah this is weird (laughs) yeah it's it's very strange for me who doesn't care you know i was like oh man this is so well behaved i don't understand like it's so pretty and so beautiful and it shoots well and crap i understand why people love this thing you know um, it's the exact opposite of experience I had from the nineteen eleven. Which is like, why do people? I hate this. This no, you know.
1: <laughs> but then again, you have people like Data. I hate this. Well, you want more? Yes, please. Yes,
0: please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love this single stack seven rounds only heavier than hell experience. You carry it on half cock? You're shitting me. <laughs> No, no, no. It's perfectly safe to carry that way. I don't feel like it's perfectly safe to carry it this way. In fact is, I'm nervous as hell. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, you got anything else, sir? I do not. Right on. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. And check out our new podcast, in case you're not tired of hearing enough of us blab on, at dot where we talk about current events, news, politics, and um, basically all the stuff that will get us in trouble on any other cast we're on. We talk about there. So join us there if you guys are into it at all. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, Check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.